Hey, this is Romy. And this is Aaron. Thanks for listening to our podcast where we talk all about relationships. Ladies, how guys can break your bed, not your heart. How to attract that partner of your dreams. And heal from the wounds that past relationships have left us with. It's going to be hot. And funny. With real stories to help you get your questions answered. Let's go for a ride. All right, Romy, we are back again. So this is episode seven. Yeah. Seven episodes. Can you believe that? We're getting momentum. We are getting momentum. That's my keyword in my life right now. And this is the, actually, it's interesting you said momentum because that really is the topic. We're, I mean, we're going to talk about a couple different things today, but what's interesting is momentum. Like you get into a relationship, those those initial phases, it's like the honeymoon phase. And then there's even, and then there's like the desire to level up, to take it to the next level. That momentum is going, right? right? You're feeling all the things, like he's saying all the things and it's just working. Right. Right. So we're going to talk about a couple of those things and that's everything from, you know, physical attributes that we really, you know, crave. We're going to talk about, um, also those hard conversations, actually how to have those with someone. So it's, it's not an attack, but at the same time, like both people feel understood and elevated. Um, and then we're going to talk about surrendering, right? Yeah. But bef- I just think like in this life right now, yeah, like everything's a surrender. <laughs> it is. Right? Because yeah. of at our age and things like that, yeah. like what we want with relationships, right? Mm-hmm. But also the way the world is going on the news. Right. Like every single thing is about surrender these days. Yeah. We don't have control over anything. And it's terrifying and also peaceful at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was saying with the surrendering. I love it. And at this in and we'll talk about more what that means because we don't want you guys to feel like basically you just like cower in a corner. That's not what we were no. meaning by surrendering. No. Okay. And, and just to kind of kick things off, we also had a couple of announcements and I'm going to let Romy talk about this first one and then we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so I just had a birthday on eight twenty, so Friday and we were out with a bunch of friends in Salt Lake at a club and, um, after about one o'clock ish, one of my friends got hit uh, by an SUV in the crosswalk, yeah. and it was a hit and run. Wow. And he was in ICU, and um, you know, kind of on life support, obviously at first. But uh, what a what an interesting weekend, mm-hmm. you know. And I've had so much support and reaching out because I just felt so much guilt <laughs> that it was my birthday. And if yeah. it wasn't my birthday, then he wouldn't have been there. And I know I didn't hit him. It's not my fault. But just weird feelings with that. Just, you know, even though it's not about me, he's the one in the hospital. But so I just wanted to give a shout out to Jeff. And he is healing. He is recovering. So they're making some serious advancements even yeah. today. Um, we just heard for his uh, quicker recovery and mm-hmm. leaving the hospital and different things like that. So we're lucky to that he's alive, but I just wanted to give him a quick shout out and tell him that we're thinking about him and we can't wait to dance again. Right. right. And then I'm going to babysit his ass on the way out from now on. So (laughs) are you looking both ways? Right. Yes. He will never live that down, but we love you, Jeff. Just wanted to give you a quick shout out and we're thinking about you. Definitely Jeff. Cool. Awesome. Okay. And I guess the other announcement that that I wanted to make is we want to hold a contest. We want to, um, we want to know that you guys are getting value out of what we're doing here. And we thought the best way to do this is to actually have, you know, a contest on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. And so the way that this will work is entrance. What they need to do is they need to take a screenshot 
um, on their phone of our podcast. doesn't matter what episode, but take a screenshot of the actual podcast that you're listening to the episode yep. and then post it on social media with a hashtag. And that's Romy Aaron podcast. Okay. So it's all one word, Romy Aaron podcast. You do that and then tag at least one person in that post and you are entered into the contest. And what do you get from that? We are going to give away some Apple AirPods. Nice. So this is going to be really, really cool guys. So imagine brand new Apple AirPods listening to our podcast, having an amazing workout or amazing time and learning all the fun things that that is, that's something that we are going to be releasing. It's going to be through the month of September that we're going to yep. run this. And so the announce the the winner will be announced on the podcast the last week of September. They should so, be a guest. <laughs> that's right. Right? I know. And so just I mean this is really cool. This is really exciting for us and we hope that you guys get a ton of value not only from the podcast but even from yeah, participating in the contest. So just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. It's really simple like I said. Here are the rules. One, take a screenshot of the actual, our actual podcast, an episode, doesn't matter which one, post it on Instagram or Facebook or both. And at the same time, include the hashtag Romy Aaron podcast, all one word, and then tag at least one friend. That's awesome. it. Awesome. Easy, right? <laughs> simple. <laughs> we try to keep it <laughs> right? simple and yeah. easy. Let's kiss, right? Uh, there Not you go. Really. <laughs> Not really. Just K-I-S-S. Just kiss. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, Aaron's going to kick us off because he's uh, fired up today, you guys. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm intrigued and terrified. <laughs> I think when they say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, I'm not sure. Yeah, he had a great workout this morning and he is just fired up in a good way. Oh, right? man. He's not ready to like take names and eat people for lunch. <laughs> he's like got some good stuff to say um, before we started this. So I'll tell you I'm what, though, yeah. that, that workout did kick my butt and so like i think the adrenaline's like <laughs> it spiked and now it's like it takes this down. pre-workout i don't know bucked up should be called something else and yeah <laughs> right it's, it's legalized true. cocaine yeah basically so really I, I mean and maybe this is tmi so i actually mix a little bit they have a pumped which is more for recovery and endurance oh. i mix a little bit of that with actual pre-workout when i do it and that is, that's been super helpful for me. So they call it, a, you know, a stack or whatever. I um, need the endurance stuff. Yeah. I really feel like. You should totally I try it. I going and it's like yeah. 20 minutes and I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. You know? So that would we actually have, be We awesome. have a mutual friend that tried it. He thought it was pre-workout and he said, I had one of the best workouts I've had in a long time. Okay. We so, just gave Bucked Up a shout out. I know. You're welcome. That's right. Okay. Maybe we'll tag you guys <laughs> We'll in the let podcast. you know where to send our check. You're welcome. Right? <laughs> yeah. So no, you're you work out so hard. That's oh, fantastic. I need to. That's how it goes. <laughs> so anyway, you work out to get muscles. Yeah, to get muscles to feel well. That's the main goal. To feel and like, to great. and to what look? Oh yeah, good for myself. Do you see the transition? I'm fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is right? the first topic. <laughs> so when we're talking about things that like we we want in a person, right? Whether it's a guy or a girl, yeah. we're, you know, we, you get through that honeymoon phase. Obviously when you see somebody for the first time, you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. I, I could see myself with them. Like I could have a really good time with them. That's awesome. 
we're talking about after that, right? So you've already gone on at least a couple of dates. You are, you're feeling all the things, you're liking them for, in all the other ways too. Maybe you have similar interests, all of that. But now we're, now we're getting to some interesting points. And I want to first kick us off with a fun story. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, let's go backwards a minute, right? Okay. Let's just go backwards a minute. Mm-hmm. You can tell your story. But I just, yeah, I'm not ready to go into the long-term relationship and all of that okay. yet Because I'm thinking you found a study. Is that? Yeah. Yes, I want to talk l- about let it. Me, let me share the okay. story first yes. because it'll segue into that. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> so, it, yeah. So last week we were in an Uber <laughs> and we were driving. Oh, this is funny. So we were having a laugh. conversation about what, you know, what guys like, what girls like. We always want to know, you know. And uh, the this one person in the vehicle, <laughs> she's, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh, guys. It's so silly. Um. So we're talking about dick pics because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that happens, I guess. I actually, I think there's only one person I've ever sent one to, and that was an, in a very committed relationship. You did send one. I did send wow. one. Wow. I'm yeah. actually proud of you. And so there you go. There's some honesty for you. <laughs> I'm actually proud of you. Here's the thing though. So in this conversation, she said, I will not even go on a date until... <laughs> They send me a picture mm-hmm. with their dick, but <laughs> this is where it like Shoot. blew my mind. Shoot. Next to a spray can. And we're not talking like a mini can. <laughs> <laughs> so the diameter of a spray can with the, the length. Like a like, black spray paint can. Yeah, like, like a, a black spray paint can. So no. this, Just in Home Depot, like whipping it out. And like, yeah, okay, right. It's right? like, I didn't I even buy the thing. I just I like took a picture it, in Home Depot. But I'm trying to get a date here, right? <laughs> Lots of lewdness happening. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, so that was, that was an interesting <laughs> way to kick it off. But what, what was interesting more so was just the fact that like there, there are people that are fixated on that being a big thing. So I, the reason I bring this up. Yeah is because there is a stigma, obviously for guys, it's like their manhood is translated into the size of their penis. Yeah, unfortunately, and, but yes. Yeah, and and there's obviously some truth, like you have, you don't have to, but like it's desirable, I believe, to women for a guy that can actually perform, that can actually, you know. Perform, yes. Okay. That's different than the size. Though. It is. Right? It is, and that's where we wanted to get to yeah. with this. So... <laughs> One, guys, like, you probably have read articles. There's been studies done. We are going to talk about one of those studies. This has been shared on media all over the place. It was conducted in 2015. It's a scientific study. What they did was they actually took 3D models of penises, different sizes, and then they had women use these models to be able to determine what they actually thought was the best. I love how he's calling them models. Right? Yeah. They're dildos. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just because it's a study, now it's like an artistic model. Right? <laughs> Let's cut the crap here. Yeah, They're, I'm sure they weren't vibrating either or anything but like that. But the point is, yeah. right? Yes. <laughs> so, so, interestingly enough, and guys, this is, this is great for you. Women, hopefully this is just like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I already knew that. But yeah. it, this is important. So, 
the study that they that they found historic like if you if you go back into just if you do a Google search online, you'll find that the average male penis size is actually around five inches. Maybe five and a half, but around five inches. Yeah. And so it's not like seven inches, eight inches, nine inches. That is the average size. Yeah. Um you you also have to think anatomically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so like Naturally, you know, people talk about like BBC as an example. What does that mean? Big black cock. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> so you, okay. you, you have, you have ethnicity yeah. where Stick. on average, it may be a little bit bigger or maybe a little bit smaller. Is that real? It is real. That's not just a stigma. It, it is, but it's just anatomy. But you have to, you have to understand why. Like you look at the male, you, you talk about that, but then look at the female. When your butt, when your body is massive, you probably need something a little bigger to actually make that work, right? Right. So right. then you look at like yeah. the other side. And, and this is, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong here. Yeah. But you take someone that it comes from an ethnicity that, they're a little bit shorter, a little bit thinner, a little bit smaller. Right. You probably don't need a 10 inch to go inside this little petite four, eight, four foot eight person. <laughs> Fair. Right? Yes. So. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. But right? my, my point is, is in, and here's, here's where there's, there's a lot of like different ground. So guys, what I'm trying to say here is, is that you don't need to be one ashamed, but two, you, you don't need to feel like, I mean, you just need to trust what you're naturally attracted to is what you need to do because what you're naturally attracted to goes beyond the fact that they have pretty eyes or they have certain features outside of the clothing, your energy, your, you know, like all your, your pheromones, like all of it, naturally you're going to attract to someone that is a good mate, a good match. That is true. And I think, I think that's important. One of the things that I wanted to say <laughs> regarding this study is that, and this is the important thing, yeah. is that women's preference, there were two, there were two things that were shown. Um, the preference was actually right at average. Women actually preferred, on average, a penis size of around five to five and a half. And then there you were those... what the sizes were? What? Of the, I think the biggest models. was eight. I think the biggest was eight inches. So there was three different ones. No, there was like five or six. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think there was like three and a half, four, five, six, okay. seven, oh, eight, okay. whatever I it was. I said three different models. Okay. Yeah. Um, but what was interesting, you know, in in researching it was that there were there were quite a few women that actually preferred the seven and eight, and there were quite a few women that preferred the smaller. When I say smaller, it's not smaller, like more of the average size. Okay. And Five. so when they combine those two together, the totalian, totali- yeah, totalian, <laughs> I can't even <laughs> talk today. The average overall was around six. And so okay. when, when, when you're looking at facts and figures, this is what I, I just hope you guys can, can pay attention to. An average, that doesn't mean jack squat. Yeah. You're comparing, so like you take a woman that's got like a freaking cavern, she's going to want something that's bigger. Right. 
but you have compatibility, isn't it? Right. Like and on then, lots of levels. Yeah. And but then it's compatibility. It is. Yeah. And then, and then at the same time you have someone that is more, that doesn't necessarily have a giant hole. <laughs> I don't know how to say Oh my God. Right. I that, warned you. I warned all uh, yeah, of you. This is, this is an right? interesting podcast. I warned all of you. They, they don't need that. Yeah. And in fact, it will hurt them. Yeah. And so guys, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that like, it really is how you use it yeah. more so than the actual size, but it is important to pay attention anatomically and physically to who you are attracted to because you will naturally align with somebody that will match you better. Right. And that's the important thing. So that's actually fascinating because I've had women friends, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're just like. Yeah, I was with this guy, and he just wasn't very big, right? And I was like, well, why did you date him for two years? Um, right. You know, <laughs> like, right. cut the crap, yeah. okay? And it's because of everything else. Yeah. And they were like, no, it still actually felt good because of the connection. And so, does size matter? Mm. There's the question. It right? does. That test actually is, that, that yeah. um, study. Yeah. Actually, is fascinating it because is fascinating. it's like there's a lot of guys out there that probably assume that we just need, you know, these big, huge yeah. situations bulging <laughs> out of their pants, do you know? And okay, let's talk about dick pics, right? Like I have gotten so many, not recently because yeah. I'm not on dating apps yeah. or anything. So I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting them. Uh, but I don't know. What was it? maybe three years ago, four years ago, right? When I was on dating apps and just got divorced and different things. And I would get tons of dick pics all the time, unsolicited, right? Who cares? Yeah. And I never asked for them. So they were all unsolicited, (laughs) but oh my gosh, I remember me and one of my male friends, we were just like laughing so hard at them. And I don't know if we're supposed to be laughing. Be, and we weren't laughing because they were small. We were laughing at the situation. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I've known you for a while. I actually think that you might have shared in that too. Um, <laughs> right? And it's like, I don't know if you're supposed to get the reaction of laughter. I don't know. Yeah. Right? When you send a dick pic. Yeah. But the um, whole illusion behind the situation, right? right? But, I mean, there were some huge penises on these dick mm-hmm. pics. And I was like, oh, what? Whoa. Right? Mm-hmm. Did it make me go over there? Did it make me want right. to date them anymore? Right. Like, no. Right. Right? No. And I was not looking for a soul connection back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I thought we got divorced and I'm going to party. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rally. Yeah. Right? So the dick pic, though, turn off. Mm-hmm. Like, huge turn off. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. And then I think it's just maybe because of the, the um, attitude behind it. Like okay. if you're the type of guy that's going to send something like that, then it's just like you're trouble, right? You're freaking trouble. Yeah. Right. And I'm, well, one, if it's unsolicited, but two, I think here's the other thing that most guys, we just need to step up and understand a little bit better. Obviously, you know, like they say, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah. So men will put out men that haven't done inner work. I yeah. should preface will put out what they want to receive. And they are visual lovers. Yeah. And so it, much more than women, I should preface sure. in general. And so what happens is, is the guy's putting out a dick pic. Why? Because he just wants to share with the world how great his dick is? Yeah. No, not usually. Okay. Why? Because he wants the woman to send something back that he can actually love. 
And it doesn't mean that he would love it, but that's what he's wanting. He, that's his expectation. That's Without his goal. Asking. Yeah. Because then you're he wants him to reciprocate. You're soliciting sex. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I actually found it quite fascinating. Yeah. This is terrible. My um, my one-liner mm-hmm. was always "Congratulations, I've never been drier," <laughs> and that usually cut that shit real quick. <laughs> 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 so that was always mine, right? Yeah. But. No, it's, um, I was actually woke up today, Aaron, and not to get off subject, but I was thinking of how far I've come. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Because we never look back except for to see how far we've come. Right. Right. And so I was actually thinking like when I first got my divorce, again, this might be off topic, but when I first got my divorce, I had no Mm self-esteem, no self-worth, no self-love, no Mm -hmm. self-esteem because of the affair that he had crushed right like that's all gone out the window so as you rebuild and i literally i bought a jeep Mm -hmm. from the side of the road Mm -hmm. moab ready okay yeah bright orange huge jacked up jeep okay like 1970 whatever cj7 Mm -hmm. and why did i buy that what i like the color Mm mm-hmm Right? And Mm -hmm. the guy's like, do you even know how to drive this? Because it's a stick, right? And I was like, let's give it a whirl. (laughs) And it was just a couple grand, three grand, whatever. I like the city, Moab, the town. Mm -hmm. I don't do trail runs. Mm. That couldn't be. That's not your jam. No, no. Do not hang me off the end of a cliff (laughs) in a Jeep. Okay? And I'm not the mudding girl that's going to go. I'll go camping. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'll go camping. I'm not going to eat hot dogs because apparently they take 36 minutes off your life when you eat them. Oh, that's right. We found that out yesterday. <laughs> so we're going to switch that meat out. Yeah. No pun intended for something else. But, um, <laughs> right? But I was literally just woke up today and I thought, wow, I used to have this orange Jeep parked out there and in the back and like all these things. And why did I buy that? Why? I don't know. To look cool, right? Um, to gain... To gain looks from the opposite sex, mm. to be something that I definitely wasn't. But look, guys, I have a Moab ready Jeep. Yep. Right? So who can I? I don't want to do that. Right. I sold it. Right? I had to look on YouTube, how to change oil and do all those things. So it was kind of cool to learn all of that. Right. But it's like, really, what was the purpose? So I did that a couple years ago and sold it. Mm-hmm. And then I, again, just kind of woke up this morning, like how far I've come mm-hmm. with these little things that I used to do. Yeah. Right. So getting dick pics, I'm not on dating apps. And yes, I had a boyfriend for a year and a half. So of course I'm not. But even now, mm-hmm. after we've broken up, I'm not. Right. And it doesn't make me better. It's just, um, you know, I, I just want to maybe attract a different caliber, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. right? And meet them authentically, yeah. right? So that's just my choice. But I also don't want to go back into the same habits of possibly what's still happening on dating apps, mm-hmm. getting dick pics and different things like that, right? So let's talk about that really so, fast. Um, so I, this is my perception as a dude. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot. I can't believe you sent me dick pic. Or like, I get all these dick pics. Nah, 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 nah. And then they they don't take a look at what they're putting out into the world. And you just talked about that, right? Right. So you, you weren't energetically aligned with being the woman covered in mud and a Jeep, you know, right. and whatever. That's not necessarily you. When I've gone on dating apps, I've seen women that have been provocative, that have shown that, that yeah. in their bio. Like the guys that are swiping right 
I mean, it depends on the dude. You can still have like a guy that's got his stuff together, um, just swiping without paying attention to the bio. Right. But you have to pay attention to what you're putting out into the world. You are literally attracting that. And you may be attracting the wrong size for you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You just never know. Right. And so the, yeah, that's a great point to make. It's like, if you want to stop receiving stuff that's unsolicited, then quit putting out there falsities of yourself. Yeah. Get to know yourself. Who are you really? What do you really care about? And I think that's, that's step number one. You can't control who's going to be sent, you know, filling up your inbox, but what you can't control is what you put out into the world. And you have to know yourself if you truly want to energetically and physically and all the things connect with someone on your level. It's very true. Yeah. I was always, after my divorce, I was drinking so much, you know, just Mm -hmm. partying. I'm just going to party. It was kind of just this two year phase, right? So it's all in the same thing and bought the Jeep and drank a ton and rallied just in Salt Lake all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, crashed my car, like (laughs) just tons of things. And I was wondering, like, why is my life just not working out the way that I want it to, right? <laughs> so it was just kind of an interesting thing to think about today. Yeah. And to just be like, wow, like, you've put in work. Yeah. You really have, you know? So yeah. it just kind of was a light bulb this morning. You've really put in work. Um, so, okay. So physical attributes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, attract- I want to talk about this. Is that cool? Do it. Go for it. So do people tell you the same as they tell me? You definitely have a type. I hear that more than I can handle anymore. You definitely have a type. Do you hear that from friends? Um, I have heard it. Okay. So what's Aaron's type? (laughs) Right? Ooh, this is a tough one. And he's going to try to pull some crap and go straight to like heart. You know, I really want a girl. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's talk surface level. Let's, let's talk about that. That's very hard for Aaron, by the way. So I'm actually putting, yeah, I'm going to rise to the surface instead of going deep really fast. He's not a surface level person. So this is actually very hard for him. Okay. So So let's, let's dumb it down. Dumb it down for Aaron. So a lot of guys, (laughs) you know, this is what I've heard from other women as well as other men. They'll say, are you an ass guy or are you a boob guy or whatever? Right. You know, I would say that I'm more ass, but we didn't hear him. What? We didn't hear him. He doesn't even want to see. He's already just like, I don't want to pick a girl apart because I'm. I don't, I don't like just like, (laughs) gosh, I, I do care so much more about the. He's an ass guy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. More. Okay, more. Right. It doesn't mean he doesn't love your heart. No. Or want to hear. And that's my point. Yeah, it's hard for me it's to so just go to the surface level stuff for that this reason. This is why I love you so much. Thanks. Yes, it's totally true. Yeah. Because this question, <laughs> making you feel totally awkward <laughs> and uncomfortable. I don't care. Just proves like your character. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So. Okay. So th- this is important to understand for me too. It's like, I mean, guys have there's. This is the thing I want the women listeners to to understand because immediately they start comparing themselves to an image that I'm talking about. Even if you don't even like me, you may not even think I'm attractive. That's fine. But you will immediately start comparing yourself to the image of whatever is being portrayed. And so I just want you to know that I'm one dude. And there's so many guys out there that are in intelligent, they're charismatic, they have all of their things going on for them, they're going to want something totally different and it's probably going to be just like you. 
I think I think that. So you, what attracts you to people though? I know I know I'm just trying to preface here. Okay. Roman. So for me, like when you talk about ass, like I want someone that has this more of a fit look. There's some guys that they want a freaking bubble butt. That's not me. Okay. So the other part of it is like for me, um, is someone that, how do I say it? Like I physically, I am attracted first and foremost to eyes. To me, they're the window to the soul and I can connect with that person based on their eyes. And usually to me, what's most attractive usually, and I, and, and you'd be like, yeah, whatever, but this is the truth is usually more of a blue or a green, more of an exotic looking color. I'm saying that I was married to a woman for 12 and a half years that had deep brown eyes. So I'm not saying it's not that it's always breaker. the case. What? It's not a deal breaker. It's not a but deal it breaker. It is an attraction. Yeah, it is. I'm attracted to blue cool green eyes of the sea yeah i have shit brown you know <laughs> yes, <I do> too. <laughs> and so i'm attracted to like it's not a deal breaker but yeah. it's fascinating to look at it yeah and and one of the things for me that's that i found to be interesting is that like i've always been attracted to blondes i've okay. always been attracted to blondes my my um um my ex-wife she was a brunette straight up and so erin so what? she fit What's nothing your... that what did your attraction change after your divorce though? Or like, is it different now than what you were looking for then? Or no. So, okay. This is where it's, this is where like, it's hard. It's like, was I, and this is where I want to take the podcast, but I don't know if we want to jump that far first, but like initially, yeah, I found her to be super attractive. I find brunettes to be attractive, black hair, red hair. I, like I, there's sure. attractive women out there. I find attractive. Yeah. But as a life partner, I'm more drawn to a blonde. That's just me. Okay. The, here's the thing, though. The last couple were blondes, yes? Yeah. 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 And, and so, like, if I'm reflecting back on myself and my own journey, um, it's not that I wasn't still attracted to my ex-wife throughout their marriage. That's not. That wasn't the case. But if I had a preference longer term, blonde for sure. Okay. And I didn't really hone in on that until after the divorce. Cause I had to really deconstruct not only who I was, but like, what do I want okay. in life in a partner and all of those things. And, and the thing is, is like it, 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 so someone that's like, well, I'm a natural brunette. Oh, and guys want a blonde, but I don't, the, that, that's another thing that I want to, um, demystify. Yeah. We ourselves I said ourselves, I'm not a woman, but for a woman, like we have to get rid of these stereotypes that blondes are bimbos, that they're, they're whores or they're, you know, sluts or whatever those nasty words are. That's, that's not the case. Right. There's natural attraction. The dumb to blonde. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, yeah or yeah. you're dumb, right? Yeah. There's, th that's not the case. But and for me, like I, I'm only attracted to someone that can actually carry on a conversation sure. intellectually. Those are just stigmas though. You know, like BBC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just barely learned HMU, so <laughs> give me a minute, okay? So th we're talking a lot about me here and physical attributes, but, like, that. the other thing that I found, because it, it's interesting, like, the longer that I've dated post-divorce, I'm like, yeah, I like blondes. Do you really, though, Aaron? So I had to look at that. I'm like, you know what? It's not so much about blondes because women can change their hair color. Then what is it? It's actually the skin. It's the complexion of the skin. And I know that people can spray tan all they want. 
And it's not even just about complexion. It's like the feel and the tech, like that's what it actually is. And, and so, because yeah, you can always change hair color. Different. So that's interesting. Yeah, it is. And so like, that's a new discovery for me. So as a dude that's listening, like it's, you got to pay attention to that. It's like women can change their eyebrows, their, their, their hair. They can change so many things about them, but what can they not change that really is kind of like the root of all of it. And well, we won't dive into all that, but last week yeah. on our unicorn hunting, mm-hmm. right? You were talking about hunting for the virtues yes, more than the person. Exactly. Right? And so that's so true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When we talk, mine's easy. Like it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. It doesn't mean it has to be this way, but people say, man, you have a type. I've yeah. heard this so many times. Yeah. My ex-husband, shaved head, beard, Mm-hmm. 250 pounds of muscle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ex-boyfriend, shaved head, beard, muscle. Yep. yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Who do I go out with? Shaved head, beard, <laughs> muscle. This is not on purpose. Mr. Clean. <laughs> Mr. Clean. Right? And the reason I'm attracted to that look is because across the board, most of those people, most, not all, like they carry themselves with a certain masculinity. Mm, I that's was, always been right like yeah. and then you go one step further like jacked up truck and they hunt and stuff like that no no in fact i dropped a lot of those stigmas after i got my divorce because i was like we don't need a repeat of that dude yeah right um and i remember diving into the dating market and just being like i'm just going to try dating different people mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. purpose mm-hmm. different people different ages right um, I dated a guy that was 28, just a couple dates, yeah. right? And uh, he had a husky, and the husky, I think, loved me more than he did because mm. he was just sitting on the couch like, you're so hot, you're so hot, you're so hot. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> like oh, no, <laughs> right? I think Aaron remembers I told him. And I was just like, oh, no. So, right, like I did that on purpose, and then I always come back to that certain type. But what I realized was Aaron has a point. On the yeah. last podcast, it's hunting a virtue yeah. of masculinity. Yeah. And most people with shaved heads, beards, like those types of guys, they carry themselves in a masculine way. Yeah. And that doesn't take away from other dudes that are short with red hair. Like they can be more masculine than some of the shaved head beard guys. Yep. But that's my type, right? Um, and this whole time I thought it was because you owned a cleaning company. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clean. (laughs) Right? I've been staring at this guy on the bottles for years. (laughs) I just fell in love with him. (laughs) You're a dork. So, yeah. But that's, uh, but I think you're so right. Just chasing the virtue more than the physical, physical attribute, you know? Because since my divorce, I've been attracted to different types more than just that. And then I just had a boyfriend for a year and a half. What do you know? Shaved Mm -hmm. in the beard. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So we've talked a lot about that initial attraction, you know, and, and what we're into. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. I, I want to take this one step further because yep. really like the premise of the podcast, this episode is about like next leveling your relationship. Yes. So it's not so much just that initial attraction. You've gotten to the point where honeymoon phase is now worn off. You start to see some of the flaws or the quirks or, you know, all of those things. One of the things that guys do um, in general is they, they start comparing, not necessarily 
you to another girl at the gym, but you to the ideal of what's important to them physically. And the reason for that is just like we talked about before, the guys are from Mars, women are from Venus. Men tend to express love physically. It doesn't mean that like they're not going to provide service, that they're not going to do the gifts, that they're not going to do those things, but their expression of love is usually physical. And so for them to have a long-term attraction that's more ideal for what they want is important. Does that mean that you've got to change and do all this plastic surgery and all these other things to fit a box? No, because you will naturally attract a long-term partner that likes you as you are but you have to understand where you fit on that spectrum. If you are a five and you're not caring about your body, guess what? You're probably going to attract a five or less in that scenario. Right. And so when we talk about physical attributes, this is where I wanted to take it is like you get past that initial phase and then it's like, it's not so it's not about the dick pic. Yeah. Right. And if honestly, if you are comparing yourself to a spray can, (laughs) (laughs) what are you putting up your vagina? Honestly, Cause that is, Ooh, that's now. scary. Ooh, now. So anyway, um, that's fair. Yeah. I don't even know how I would fit that in there. <laughs> right? and, and everyone's different, right? Like you could have a massive woman that has a very small, very small canal and you could have a really small girl that has it. So that's why the only thing you can rely on is that, an, that attraction that is indescribable, that no words are spoken, that you look at that person and you're like, they could work. And it's a mutual thing. It's not just the guy feels that the girl doesn't. It's both. I've and, had girlfriends, you know? Yeah. And it's like you go home, you do the whole thing, and yeah. then you have sex with the guy, right? Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. And I've had it too, let's yeah. be honest, okay? <laughs> I was about to throw my friends under the bus, and it was me. No. <laughs> so I remember when I was in St. George, I lived there yeah. uh, before I met my husband. Mm-hmm. So 20s, mm-hmm. right? And this guy, I was super attracted to him, and then we went home. Yeah. And <laughs> it gives, I don't know how we got back to penises, but uh, <laughs> don't we always get back to penises? <laughs> Anyways, ladies, don't we? Um, it gave tuna can a whole nother definition. Oh, my goodness. Right? Y'all have heard that before, like yeah. tuna can. And I was just like, I don't know what. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So round and big uh-huh. and so short. Oh, wow. Tuna can situation. Interesting. Like, yeah, interesting, yeah. he says. Yeah, it was. And we literally both looked at each other like, I don't know. <laughs> and yeah. he put on his clothes and yeah. he left. Oh, my goodness. Be- yeah, because it was just like, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't mean or anything, but yeah. I was just like, I don't know what we're doing with it. Yeah. Like, you know? And he might have had experiences like that before, so that's might have why he mm-hmm. was just like, "Yeah, I'll leave," right? Which yeah. is sad for him, but um, yeah. So that gave a whole nother situation to that, right? Yeah. But yes, I don't know how somebody would uh, shove a spray can in there, like having a baby every time you have sex, yeah. right? Oh my god, it's yeah. terrifying. So. Well, for I'm some fully women, just that... gentlemen, I am saying this now. I agree with Aaron yeah. on, you know, the five incher. Yeah. Right. The dimensions, Down all of that. Five like, incher. Yeah. That's a new song. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, seriously, for me, I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. 
Yeah. But then connection. But, and I it, took you way off topic again, talking about a tuna can penis. But I, I <laughs> just, knew. since we're on this though, I, I really <laughs> want to just drive one other point home yes. as a dude. And I know, I know guys, so I'm just going to say this as it is. Don't think that you can start categorizing women based on their stature as an indicator of whether you're compatible physically with your own penis. There you go. You've got to trust your gut. You've got to trust the energy. Like, like I said, you can find a little tiny little girl that she needs a bigger dude. You can find a bigger girl that needs something smaller. Trust your energy. You've got to let go of the idea and the stigma that this is how it is with this type of person. Trust the energy. That's and all I think see. as we're getting older, yeah. I don't know if y'all have had this experience, but I know me and Aaron have because we talk. Um, we were raised very religious yes. and things like that, right? Yes. I was raised Christian. Mm-hmm. And so we have that. And I was always raised like no sex before marriage. Right. So I never had sex in high Same. school, nothing, right? Yep. I didn't want to disappoint my mom, mm-hmm. but it was actually a very healthy respect. Sure. It wasn't... Um, you know, that she was forcing that down our throat type uh-huh. of a thing, like what I've heard from other people. But uh, it was just like, man, I could do this, but my mom raised me better, right? right? right. And so I just didn't. I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't, mm-hmm. right, in high school. and But, yeah, 18, 19, I did have sex. <laughs> God. With, uh, I lost my virginity to a guy named Boner, Aaron. <laughs> Boner. I and love he, it. He I love it. It was huge. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. What was you? What were you doing? So it, it matched. His name matched. <laughs> right. The mom probably saw him and she's like, "We're gonna name him Boner." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if that was a nickname or what, but shoot, you oh, know. So goodness. I didn't wait that long after high school, but yeah. that's um, yeah. But I just thought like I didn't do any of that in high school because of the religious aspect. And the point is, um, I have this healthy stigma inside yeah. my brain. That I want to honor God, right? Because, you know, He, he is first. important to me, yep. and I want to honor Him, like even with sex and mm-hmm. things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to have sex before I'm married. Let me say this on the left side here, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And then the right side, I see all of us mm-hmm. in our forties. Yeah, we got a bunch of forty-year-old friends, don't we? Right, and. We're not like tramping around or anything like that no. at all. Um, but I think, okay, you can answer this. How do we honor God with that? That I was always taught like no sex before marriage, mm-hmm. right? And then at 40s, you're not going to not be physical with somebody before you marry them. We're all fed up with the bullshit at this point, yeah. And we're not getting into another marriage and putting a ring on it and going through all those steps without knowing if we're sexually compatible. Yeah. Is that fair? So the question is what, how do you honor yourself? And like honor, honor God. God with the no sex before marriage, but at our age after everything we've gone through <laughs> with relationships, why are you throwing this hardball at me? He was ready this morning. I am ready. Now it got hot outside and he got tired. I no. am tired. I'm a little baby right now. <laughs> right? He's being a baby. <laughs> I'm asking him questions. But yeah, why, like, how would you navigate that? Okay. I'm asking you because I trust you, but I'm asking you because you also know yeah. a lot about religion. Yeah, I, I feel like I do. You do? Yeah. Straight up? Yeah. So, sorry to get you off topic, but 
we never really had a topic today uh, <laughs> because we knew we were going to be all over the place because where we're at this morning. Oh. And so here we go. Right? Okay. Let but me answer how do you the do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? At our age, like with all of our experiences and now we're dating again or whatever we're doing. Yeah. It's like, how do we navigate through that? I actually think people would like to know. Okay. So this is especially. what you have to, like, this is the hard part because I would be boiling the ocean by just providing my opinion. And so here's, here's how you have to go about it. So I'm going to provide a process. I'm not going to provide a straightforward answer because every answer is going to be different for different people. And it doesn't mean that truth isn't universal. And that's when I was like, wait, what? You're, you're, you're conflicting with what you're saying here. Like that doesn't make sense. It will in a sec. So the first thing you have to look at is your own belief system. You have to truly understand not only what you've been taught, but what do you truly believe? You have to honestly, honestly question everything you've been taught in your life at a deep level. Most people aren't willing to do that because it's too scary to under, to even conceptualize that there might be truth outside of what they were taught their entire life. And so if you can't do that, just like skip the next 10 minutes of this podcast, because nothing is going to make sense to you. Okay. That's, that's number one. So you have to understand your true belief system. That also means that you have to understand yourself. Yeah. The one thing that people need to realize is if you, regardless of what higher power you believe in, if you are, um, agnostic or atheist, like this isn't necessarily going to apply to you, um, from a religious perspective or even from a spiritual perspective, but there, there is a thematic approach that I think makes sense as well. And it's trusting your body. If like, if you truly know who you are, if you truly know what you believe and you've examined and you've surrendered, surrendered all of the stigma that you could have been raised differently, that you could have been like that all the answers that you've had your entire life may not be the answer. And you've done that work. The next thing is to understand that peace from a scientific perspective, as well as from a spiritual perspective is the only indicator that you are in alignment with truth. Yeah. And so That's that, fair. that is the biggest thing. So like here, here's, here's the example. Cause you're like, Oh, how do I balance like honoring God? And then like going out and sleeping with someone, right? right. You, this is my personal experience. This is TMI, I guess, <laughs> but this is personal experience, but this is also truth. I have been with a woman and felt nothing but peace having intimate, having intimacy. And then I've been with another where I felt horrible. Did my belief system change? No, it did not. So what was the difference? It was because that person energetically, all of the things going on in their world and all of the other things that are happening in my life were not congruent. Okay. So I did not feel at peace in that experience. And I learned the hard way. On the other side, wasn't in the bounds of marriage, still had an experience or had a relationship and it was divine. 
And how do you reconcile that? Like I said, the first thing is you have to truly know who you are. You have to truly understand your belief systems. People, and, and the problem is, is that if your belief system that you truly believe in is that you don't have sex before marriage, if you do that, what are you doing? You're not only dishonoring God, but you're dishonoring yourself. So that's why I say, like, you, if that truly is what you believe, then no, there's no right-hand side of the equation. Right. You just don't do it. My experience is God is not a judgmental God like that, and the man has put the limitations on. That's my experience too, right? Yeah. These are all just perceptions. Yeah, that, that's, and that's your opinion, and that's great. Yeah. But, but I, for myself, yeah. can say that I will not be getting into a serious relationship again. Mm-hmm unless I have had intimacy with them mm. to know that we're compatible mm-hmm. because that's huge. That is a big thing. So I'll say it. Yeah. I'll bust check myself. You would hate to be in a right? relationship for the rest of your life with someone that is sexually incompatible. Yep. I won't do it. I get it. Right. So, but regardless of our opinions, yeah. that process is really critical. So that, I mean, it, like I said, it works, it works for anyone, whether you believe in a higher power, or whether you don't, Peace is the guide. It is the compass. But you only can truly understand what peace looks like if you've done the inner work. If you're just, if you're going along with everything that has been taught to you your entire life, to break down that is one of the hardest things in your world. Because it's literally like you're feeling like you're betraying yourself and you're betraying your family and you're betraying everything that you you grew up with. To go through that process is hell. Yeah. And to be able to truly examine it. Like that's why people don't. And so what happens? They feel guilt. They feel shame. They, and it doesn't mean that like um, in certain situations that guilt and shame doesn't have a place. Right. If you were with somebody and they were, not, they were not energetically aligned with you, yeah, you probably still feel guilt and shame even if you've done that full examination. But that is the point. That is the process. And, and so like when we talk about like you know, bringing us back to, you know, the physical compatibility and all that. This is where, this is where I find it so important because the guy or the girl at some point after that initial phase of honeymoon, where it's like, oh, you know, we're so compatible this way and everything's great. You get to the point where you're like, can I see this person long-term? Can I see them as my partner for the rest of my life? And that's where, if you have done that work where you truly looked at what are your belief systems, are they aligned that way? Okay. So if you feel something and they feel something, you can kind of trust that. Right. Cause I've been in relationships where I'm great and I feel nothing but peace. And then the next day they're like, Oh my gosh, like I feel so bad. Uh, and you're like, well then why do I feel differently? Is it just simply because I'm in a situation where like, I don't, <laughs> Like I haven't truly examined, you know, what is real and what's not. And that's why it's so important for us to really look at ourselves first before we jump into a relationship. Because, and, that, and that's the thing. It's like if you, if you truly believe your belief system is, is don't have sex before marriage, you don't want to be with someone that believes different. Right. Because it will just create that incongruency. But I can speak for myself, like having done more inner work, that there is a difference on the other side. And there's peace to be found um, outside the normal constructs of religion. So that's my personal take. Okay. Um, but I, I just want to come back to that point of 
after that initial phase, after that initial honeymoon phase, we have to be able to look at and say, what do we really care about? It may not be that they have to have the perfect butt. (laughs) You might just be fine with like these amazing eyes. And guess what? Our bodies are going to change over time. So then what do we do? Right. One of the things that I've learned from my past relationships over longer term is that we have to understand that there needs to be, people say this before, it's like, oh my gosh, like, well, what happened to me if I lost my arms or, you know, maybe I had a baby and like my body changed. Like, would you still love me then? You have to have that initial attraction. And it has to go beyond just the initial. You have to have it long enough for where you've actually done the check-in at some point, and everybody does, and said, do they match with me long-term? And when that happens, great. Then you, 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 you feel like you found your one. Great. Then if something happened after that, it's okay because you've, you've, you've energetically connected in a way where you're an equal. And then you're to the point where, I've built enough of a relationship with them that it goes far beyond the physical. But you can't get to that point first. If someone is like needing to lose some pounds and it's important that you're with someone that's more fit and you're, you're just hoping that they will change, yeah. it's not going to work. Yeah. If they were fit from the beginning and then they gained weight, then that's different. So anyway, that's what I wanted to cover there. No, I think you're right. And we talked about, um, you have to excuse my allergies, you guys. Like, this is terrible. If you haven't seen the air outside, <laughs> it's just killing me. Um, me and Aaron talked yesterday about, like, triggers in your body to know that it's not at peace. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. Definitely so talk about that for where you. do you hold your um, not peace trigger? Like Mine? In your body, yeah. Um, my armpits and my stomach, it's anxiety. Your armpits. Yeah. I will sweat, not from like the rest of my body, just my armpits if I'm anxious or my gut. Okay. It doesn't sweat. (laughs) It feels like, it it just, it feels like tightened. It feels like there's, yeah, it's just unsettled. And that's, that's how I know, like, I'm in the wrong place. I'm with the wrong person. I'm, and, and the thing is that the listeners, if they do see me and they do see like he's sweating or <laughs> he's yeah. like feeling anxious, that doesn't mean that you're the wrong person. It doesn't mean that there's a bad situation I'm in. Sometimes I actually take on the energy of other people and I'm working on that. Well, sure. And so like I can feel somebody else's um, anxiety and all of a sudden like I'm feeling anxious. So he felt me yesterday. Yeah. I stressed him out. <laughs> and he was trying to figure out who it was. And then he says, it's you. It was you. Yeah, because right? as soon as yeah. we were done with that, yeah. then it went away. Yeah. So I, that was the only reason I knew. Yeah, I was running around. And I was anxious too. Yeah. So, yeah, mine holds in my, my throat for sure. Tell us more about that. Um, How long ago? Like it was, I don't know, uh, last year? Yeah. I guess. Yeah, right? it was about last year. And I worked for a place... Um, a medical facility, we'll just say that. And I started finding out stuff that was just like highly inappropriate, mm-hmm. right? From what the doctor was doing and just things like that. The wife sabotaging me and um, I was trying to protect their identity and stuff. And I'm obviously not going to say their names, but I actually think by me protecting them and making me feel gross, 
Mm-hmm. It actually caused a lot of problems in my throat. Yeah. And he's a, a holistic medical doctor that's actually very well respected. And a whole year and a half there, and he was just like, yeah, I just don't know what to do about your throat. Like, And I see him you know, help heal tons of people all the time in and out of there. Mm-hmm. And I finally thought to myself, like, maybe it's here. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it is here. Can I stop you really fast? Yeah. So did you feel that in your throat when you initially saw him? When I started? Yeah. No. Okay. So I... I wanted to just point this out because this is important for anyone in other relationships. Mm -hmm. So this is why I was talking about, we had to have that honeymoon phase, whether it's just like a platonic relationship or whether it is more romantic, you can feel good with someone who's doing bad things or not necessarily being completely honest or all of those things initially. That just happens. Right. And I don't understand that well enough to be able to describe it on the air. But what I will say is that that wears off. Right. And so now you're talking about the point of what happened. So I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. And that was my boss to preface. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I started finding things out that I just probably shouldn't have known. And um, not malpractice. I will just say that. But just relationships with other with patients and different things. So, mm-hmm. um and then I also had my boyfriend at the time and I started feeling his world kind of closing in as well. Yeah. Do you know? And so for a good two to three months, I went on this little excursion and I would love to blame it on my piercings. I got three piercings in my ears mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I started having like major panic attacks mm-hmm. and breathing problems and all kinds of things. And yes, they acupuncturally pierced them wrong. Mm-hmm. So when I got them taken out, yeah, right, it, it helped. It helped, okay. Mm-hmm. But I think the trigger in the throat, because it happened the other day with the situation, is kind of like God's, you know, Office Depot button. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah. And when something's not in alignment, mm-hmm. I feel it. Right. Right. So, um, and I, I know a lot of other people have like the lump in your throat, like that's sure that's pretty you know standard can be yeah you've heard that a ton of years right the lump in my throat and yes it was just a saying but it's actually not right so if people start paying attention to physiological signs Mm -hmm. that their body is not in alignment yeah and not take it as i'm just getting sick or i'm not healthy or i have a physical ailment Mm -hmm. that you need to go to the doctor for and actually focus more on um like you know, stopping. Yeah. And why am I having this? Exactly. Why am I feeling like this? Why is Aaron sweating in his gut? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because so it happens so often. A lot so of people often. get the stomach aches too, right? Yeah. Like some, and they just think like, maybe I ate something. or, And I would venture to say, I would venture to say that 78% of it, That's if a good not figure. more, right? 78.72%, <laughs> right? Um, could actually solve their problems yeah right with their physical problems with just stopping and thinking what's bothering them and then working through it right then yeah but then you have dis-ease disease in your body Mm -hmm. and so that's a low percentage in fact i think yeah because if we have dis-ease in our body it's all caused from um you know Mm -hmm. what mental 
it's all caused from what's the right word I'm looking for? I don't uh, know. Emotional stress, right? Yeah. Disease in our body. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to look at it because either it's hard or they aren't aware of this. Yeah, a lot of times. I was not aware in 41 years before this happened to me last year. Yeah. And everybody, of course, said it's COVID and everything, right? So I had to hear that for a year. Yeah. But uh, when the job right? I was getting too close, asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. So they actually fired me. Yeah. <laughs> That's my first firing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my ex-boyfriend left Yeah. and it went away. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't really pinpoint, was it the ex-boyfriend or the job? Both, probably both, but I lost them both within like a couple weeks. Yeah. And then it started going away. Mm-hmm. And I thought I will do anything to make this stupid lump in my throat that go I've had away. for a year go away because I've been to chest x-ray doctors and you know throat ENTs like everything yeah and they could not find a physical problem yeah and then it casually just kind of faded yep. right when my life started getting taken control again so um that was a long version but yeah my throat will tell me mm-hmm. like and so the other day my experience right my throat started telling me and closing, and I actually started choking in Ikea, like could not get air even through my nose because I was choking on life, I feel like, yeah, literally, right? And yes, I was worried about our friend Jeff, and yes, I was worried about other things like that, but um, I've also been, you know, just working on some other things relationship-wise and going forward with men, but then I was also choking on life, like, my career right and all of the things i think just made a yeah made a perfect storm right at that moment but as scary as that was and me pointing at my throat like i can't get air for like a minute Mm -hmm. and nobody helping me that was fantastic right like what but after i was done i was shaking in the aisle from adrenaline i think and just like couldn't function and then I was frantically looking for water because I usually carry it on me and I didn't have any right and I was like okay but after all of those things settled I was just like why did that just happen mm-hmm. why and I was able to process the why in the duvet aisle right and very important yeah so we've talked about a lot of random things today <laughs> I just went from a throat thing to dick pics to everything but we I have. actually love this because I think this is real life and me and Aaron only want to talk about real life yeah. on this podcast, right? And things that will actually be relatable to people, right. not us telling you what to do. Exactly. Do you know? So, but so. I, but there's our principles that are true, and this, yeah. and this is the one thing I will share regarding that experience. Yeah. So we are not medical doctors. We're not going to say that like all your answers lie with this pill. In fact, there's a lot of people that take pills without asking the why. And they can minimize symptoms, but they're not getting to the root of it. Not at all. And that's what we learn, right? Yeah. And so one thing I will say is that if you are willing, if you are willing to ask the question why, like really ask the question why, because sometimes we don't want the answer and that's why we don't get it. Mm, Right. So you got to be able to, we talk about surrender. You have to be able to be okay to do or say whatever it is that it needs to be. Even if you lose your job, you lose your family, you lose whatever it is, you have to be okay with that in order for you to truly know the answer. Yeah. And if you want to be able to self-diagnose, look for things that are chronic. 
it's not random chance that it's like, oh, my elbow hurts today. Oh, my throat today. My eyes twitching. It's not, it's not like that. Yeah. Usually our body is smart enough, it is, to be able to send recurring signals. Because then we know that it's like, it's not going away. I don't understand why it keeps coming back. Oh, there's a big difference. So if you are trying to do a self-diagnosis, look for something that's chronic in your body. Yeah. And that's where you can start. I actually want to share this. Okay. Because I didn't know we were going to get on this topic. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I saved it in my photos on purpose. Nice. Because there is a lady named Amber. Mm-hmm. I'll just use her first name. And she um, does body talk. Oh, interesting. The body talk is actually fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right? No, I love your tummy. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> what do they mean by body talk? Talk to us about that. Um, like there's different forms of therapy, and I don't think she would ever say this is a therapy. Yeah, yeah. So she literally, I lay there for an hour, and she'll like like listen to my body. You oh, know, uh-huh. and like put her hands over certain areas and uh-huh. things like just energy, right? Yeah, yeah. And she tells me stuff that I've never told her. Mm-hmm about what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Is this happening right now? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Yeah. Who are you stalking? <laughs> right? Seriously. So it's actually fascinating. Yeah. I've been to her a couple times because of her being able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually buying it. That's awesome. She knows too much. She and knows I didn't tell much. her, right? <laughs> so it's crazy. Um, so body talk, I mean, she could probably tell you more, but um, She's just fascinating. And I think I go there to be like, what is she going to tell me now? Yeah. Right? Just like kind of intrigued. Yeah. More than a therapy session. Right. Right? And she will at the end like tell you things like, here's my recommendations. Sure. But she can't tell you like yeah. that she's a, I don't think, therapist, quote right. unquote. Right? right? So anyway, so she posts on Facebook a post, tell me what your ailment is and I'll tell you why you have it. Mm-hmm. The other day. Yeah. And the other day I was having right rib pain, mm-hmm. right? And I thought I can go to the chiropractor, is my back out? Like, but that's not normal for me, right? right. So I go right rib pain. So I posted it on there because I saw her. Yeah. Right. And so um, she said, and this is at a time when I was like, what am I going to do with my job? Like everything just feeling stuck, mm. constant self doubt that lets you take one step forward and two steps back. Feeling limited, but it's not an actual real limitation. It's because you're focused on the problem versus the solution or good versus bad. Mm. And people that know my brain, that's so true, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a negative person, but it takes a lot for me to turn the train. Yeah. So if I get like thinking about bad things, it's hard for, once it gets turned, it's good. But it's like, takes a minute to get my brain turned around because I'm, stubborn ass, but, mm-hmm. um, she says, got to change that up and your mindset got to change up that mindset and your pain will go away. Oh. And so I saved that in photos, right? Cause I thought that's very fascinating. Yeah. And so I spent a lot of time that day mm-hmm. thinking about, I was just sitting in it mm-hmm. and I literally thought like, you know, do I want to be a singer? What's that going to require? You know, a paid singer. Right. Uh, do I want to open up my Romy's juice spa? Do, and I'm so conflicted, right? I was so conflicted that day. Yeah. And I remember it was just heavy, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to acknowledge it. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. We got to keep pushing. I think so. that's how most people are. Though. Right? Right? That's just life. Yeah. So I just stopped. Yeah. After she said that, I just stopped. And I was like, she just called me out on, in a good way. Yep. Just stop. 
And so then yesterday I woke up and I have a vision board in my office, Mm -hmm. but I also have a white board, you know, that I write on and I do weekly, not goals, but just like, what's the intention intention of the week? Okay. Not what do I want to accomplish? We don't need 85 to-do lists everywhere, right? I already have a planner. But it's like, what's the intention for the week? Yeah. And it's momentum, Mm -hmm. which is just like today's, you know, podcast. But I thought, why in the hell for 41 years are you putting so much pressure on yourself? Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. Why can't you do it all? Yeah. Right? It just clicked. And I know it's the simplest concept ever, but to me it was like a huge light bulb, right? Mm -hmm. I always was just thinking, should I do this? Should I do this? I don't know what to do. And I was like, F it. Do it all. Right. And I was sitting in that, feeling this right rib pain, Mm -hmm. you know, just like the throat stuff. Yeah. And how will you know which of, if, I mean, all of them may work just great. Yeah. But maybe there's one out of those five or six or whatever you're told that you need to do, right? That actually isn't great for you after a period of time. How you know that I it's actually not. have a meeting tomorrow with a celebrity, yeah, so to speak, right? Yeah. A singer, celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I got it through one of my posts that I posted. Yeah. And they saw it mm-hmm. by the grace of God and said, I just loved what you put. Yeah. I just loved it. And I was like, I don't know. Until I meet you, I'm not going to believe this. <laughs> okay? But I have a meeting tomorrow yeah. just through a post that I posted. Yeah. He does CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And he is so fascinated with my juice. Mm-hmm. And he was saw me on a post about singing and things like that. Yeah. But he's fascinated more with the juice right now. Interesting. So I'm going to bring him samples tomorrow. Cool. And meet with him about, I have no idea what, right? Yeah. Whatever. And Aaron, I think, man, your brain wants to control. Yep, it does. Because he's a singer celebrity, like a drummer. Yep. Um, it wants to control... Like, oh my gosh, here's my big break. He right. could totally get me in this Hollywood. This means this and this means no. that. Yeah. Back it up. Right. That's a lot of pressure for him. Back it up. I think what if he's like really good sponsor for my juicing company? Mm-hmm. And I never saw that aspect coming. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the singing industry. Yeah. Right? And so I love how you always talk about surrendering. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But you're so real with it. Yeah. Right? Surrendering things how we think they should go mm-hmm. and how they never end up. That's exactly right. And right? and the thing that I, I want to point out is that like you can have five or six different things that you felt like you needed to do. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. Uh, my point was, is that there will come a time that maybe one of those, maybe, I don't know, maybe one of those has gone as far as it needed to. It served its purpose. And that's when the throat can come back right? You have a way, you have a mechanism in the body to be able to check whether you are in alignment with what you need to be doing. Yeah. And, and that's, then that's what's so beautiful about it. Most people, they're not aware enough. And that's, that's the challenge, I guess, to the listeners is where in your body, not are you just storing pain, but where are you chronically feeling things as you're experiencing life and the hardships that come along with it? The feelings buried alive book is really cool. Yeah. Right. 
and it's a easy source. Mm-hmm. So you can look up knee pain, you can look up these things and just think, you know, read yeah, yeah. why you're having that ailment emotionally. Mm-hmm. So I actually really think that book's really cool, That's right? Awesome. It's a very surface level. So you can just kind of start thinking. Yeah. It's not going to heal you maybe, but it's just going to start thinking, right? Yeah. And throat problems are, of course, not speaking your truth, anger, you know, holding back anger, things like that. But it's true yeah. because when I worked at the office, I was holding stuff back mm-hmm. and I was holding stuff back with my mom and sister. Yeah. Right. And not saying stuff to them that I needed to say and right. all of these things. So it's quite fascinating to learn in our bodies and... You know, it, it is. And so I mean, today I've, I feel I've great. Yeah. And I, and I've, I've studied and, and looked at that and researched it as well. And like the thing that I will say to the listeners is regardless of your beliefs around that, around astrology, around any of those modalities, yeah. like the thing to understand bottom line is if you're feeling chronic pain, regardless of some book is telling you that that means this or whatever is if something is coming up, mm-hmm. you can self-diagnose. It's like, what in my life is hard right now? What is heavy? And then this is where I'm feeling the pain. Then you go through and say, well, if I change this, does that pain go away? You can still go through that process. It might be a process of elimination. Those things, like, here, here's the problem. The brain is so wise and so smart that, and I've seen this with people that are, I don't want to call them gullible, but they'll go and they'll be like, oh my gosh, my horoscope said this and I'm experiencing something like this with this guy. So that's, that's what I should do. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. And so we can create scenarios in our brains to be able to provide an outcome based on someone else's whatever they're saying, you know? And so I'm not saying like, don't believe in those types of healing modalities. What I am saying is, is that regardless of what you believe you can still self diagnose by just knowing where in your body you're feeling it and what is going on in your life and make changes in your life being willing to surrender in whatever capacity to be able to see if that pain goes away and you will you will find the answer regardless of some book tells you one thing or another so that's what i was trying to say but like when we come when when we're talking about you know going back to this next leveling of a relationship This is important. That, like, this is the whole key of it. It's the point, like you get to that point where you start looking from a physical perspective, are they going to be a good match with me long-term? And yeah, they start checking the boxes. You go beyond the physical now. And then you have to have hard conversations. You have to have conversations with them about those beliefs. Yeah. You have to have conversations about kids. You got to have conversations about how you're going to, you know, raise a family or whatever it is. And it's, then the question is, is like, how do we do that? I know I'm taking us to another place right now. Are we no, good with that? Did you have anything else you wanted to no, say? No, I'm good. Yes. Okay, sweet. Yeah. I find it fascinating that if you have stuff in your body, yeah, that it's just something that you're not settled about. Always. Yeah. And so you got the physical attributes, right, to attract mm-hmm. and all the funny stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. But Aaron's taking us to transitioning from all of that, mm-hmm. right, to having the hard conversations. Could be about that. Right. It could be about the physical. And to a long-term relationship. Yeah. Right? So that in-between. Yeah. And you actually had a story, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind sharing it, um, yeah. about a friend of yours. Oh, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And just 
it's so much more than just being real with yourself and being honest. And we hit this subject so many damn times, but I actually feel like it is important. It's you. one of the most important things in the whole world. It is. In relationships. It is. And me and Aaron, I think, are excited to talk about it because it's one of the most important things. And it's one of the most underrated things. Yeah. We're watching tons of our friends and even ourselves go through dating stories. Yeah. You know, not horror stories, but just dating, dating experiences. Yeah. And holy shit, if you literally just got honest with yourself, mm -hmm. your body would be free of dis-ease, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And you would actually find your soulmate. Yep. So, yes, we hammer on this <laughs> shit all the time about <laughs> honesty and surrendering <laughs> and being great. Yeah. You know, and it, it could be a broken record, but I doubt it. Right. Because people aren't doing it. Right. Right? And even me and you sometimes go backwards on it, and then we're like, oh, shoot. We're telling everyone. And, do you know, Yeah. like we need to do that. Yeah. So, do you want to share that story? Yeah, I'll, I'll share the story. Let me preface it, though, yeah. by where yeah. we're headed on this. Yeah. So, we're, we're talking about you've passed that initial, you know, honeymoon phase, and you have things that you need to bring up. Um, with somebody else that you care about, right? Yep. And um, it could define the relationship. It could be that they walk. It could be that, you know, they actually are in alignment or maybe they'll consider it, you know? Yeah. All these different outcomes. There's a fear there. There totally For is. Sure, and so right? I, I, that's where we're at when I share this, this story. So I um, had a conversation with a good friend and he's dating someone right now that like, how do I put it? Um, he said, he mentioned to me that, um, she's had a lot of fear and rightfully so we don't need to go into, or I don't even know, um, all the reasons for that fear. Right. Um, but the cool thing was that she recognized in her body and in her mind that that fear may not, may not be because of the relationship and it may not be his fault. And I think that is step number one is understanding before you, when we talk about having hard conversations, step number one is understanding where's the emotion coming from. You, you felt that pain in your body or you felt that in your mind, whether it's anxiety, whether whatever it is. Yeah. And that's the first step is understanding where the source is. And we have to be vulnerable enough to say, I'm feeling this. And I'm trying to understand why, right? right. Um, with this story, what happened was is that like the friend was sharing that um, <clears throat> I'm trying to like package this up so it's like really <laughs> taking like this long well, hour long not. conversation into like, you know, just a quick, yeah. quick segment. And so, not so what happened was, is <laughs> you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so what happened was, is that um, this couple, um, how do I say this? He, in my, this is my opinion, I've seen how they've interacted. He's trying to like, protect an identity as well. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, we don't that, that, and and that's what's going through my head. Yeah. It's like, he, how do I. We don't want to tell our friends stories on no. our podcast for our gain. So, no. um, but it does pertain. It does. Right? So, my perception is, is that he has, he has tried to cater to her needs while she has been feeling this for some time Okay. without her recognizing that it potentially be coming from her, 
not necessarily the relationship or anything that he said or did. Just as an individual. Just as an individual. Okay. And so he's been the knight in shining armor. And we talked about the problem with that in the past, in the past episodes. Um, if, if she did not feel good, he would come to the rescue. Um, my opinion, just my opinion. Yeah. 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 And, and so what happened was, is I think it was last week and he was telling me this, that like for the first time they got to this point where he's just like, okay, I guess we better be done then. I guess we better be done. And what was interesting about that was all of a sudden the script flipped. Because she was pulling away, right? Yeah. She, like she well, she continued to pull away, right? It so was that he was like, yeah. Okay. Then I surrender. He finally did. Yeah. He finally did. And guess what happened? All of a sudden she's like, you know what? I think this fear might be something that I don't even know yet. And I'm going to go see a therapist about it. Oh my gosh. That's super healthy. It might be nothing to do with the relationship. It might have nothing to do with the relationship. Yeah, it's awesome and, of her. Yeah. And then, and then the other interesting part of it was, is that we were talking, um, and he was, he was saying how, um, you know, like the foundation of a relationship, like one of the big things that he saw, um, was he said that he was talking, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to share this. If you're listening, just know that like, I got you, bro. (laughs) But this is, I think this is important because, um, he was talking to his friend who happens to be a therapist and she was saying that like how he, she knew that the relationship was strong because her husband would come home whenever he did, however often he did and gave her a hug and a kiss. That's awesome. That's not the foundation to a relationship. And that's not going to propel a relationship to the next level. What I'm talking about here is, is it, and this is what I mean by that. There are so many people that exhibit narcissistic tendencies or hide stuff in the back and still outwardly show the same exact things. We have become creatures of habit. That right there is a learned behavior. And that doesn't mean that we need to have walls up and then we need to have like red flags like, oh my gosh, he's being affectionate. That means that, oh, he's hiding something. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is that until we can really look at not the symptoms of a healthy relationship, but actually the roots of what it looks like, we will continually, continually struggle. And so when we have these hard conversations, we first, like I talked about, have to understand where the emotion's coming from. If it's feeling safety, where is that coming from? We should constantly be looking at the relationship and like, I really like this dude. Why? Is it because he's bringing in a ton of money and you feel like financial security is a big deal? Okay. But you have to look at that. Maybe it's because, man, I just feel safe with him because he has a calming energy. Oh, I need more calmness in my life. Why, why is that? What can I bring to the relationship if that's something that's important to me too, so I can have more of what I want? So when we talk about this and you get to that point where you're having these conversations, Number one, I'm going to harp on it again. Check in with self. Where's the emotion coming from? Number two, when we approach somebody about this, it's about timing. Is now a good time to talk because there's something that has been weighing on my mind. And I don't want you to feel like everything's crazy or like everything's going to end. That's not what I'm saying here. But there's something that I'm learning that I've checked in with myself and I need to talk to you about. 
if there's insecurity on the other person's end, there's going to be insecurity. That's okay. But you have to honor yourself. We talked about why the throat closed for you, Romy, right? The pain that you experience chronically because you checked in with yourself and you feel that emotion will continue until you bring it up. So honor yourself. I honestly, and I didn't say this before, but when I was dating my ex, right? Yeah. At the same time, and it was happening, um, it was, I felt not like I was losing him, but in a way, I guess I was because he was working a couple jobs. Mm -hmm. He was trying to take care of me, me being his girlfriend and then his sister and his brother that he was doing business stuff with like tons of people, his friends and all these things. And I, I look back now and I think, yeah, but where were you Matt taken Mm -hmm. care of? And we only hung out like one day a week even. And I just kind of thought like, where were you taking care of yourself? And so I think my subconscious knew that I was losing him slowly to basically sleep deprivation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And life. Yeah. And that he was trying so hard to hold on for everyone. And I was just, I was losing him. Yeah. You know? And so when he left, I felt a lot of pressure taken off. Mm-hmm. Not, and I felt grief too. That was really bad. But looking back now, I'm able to understand why my throat had that problem and then why it went away when he left. Yeah. Whether it was the job or him, but I'm, I'm thinking. It was just a really good combination of both. But, um, and I think I was just taking on a lot of him trying to just survive and mm. to be there for me when he, he couldn't. Right. Do you know? And so I think that's honestly what happened. And since, like, I've talked to him um, several times. Mm. You know, we did a no contact. Yeah. My choice. Right. And it's not like he reached out anyway. So, <laughs> you know, both yeah. of our choices, I guess. Yeah. A mandatory no contact mm-hmm. and for a couple months. Right. And I got to say, the books ain't wrong, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. therapist ain't wrong. Mm-hmm. That's actually such a good thing. It's a healthy thing. And I don't know what's happening like going forward or anything like that. I, I don't need to think that far. But we talk right now mm-hmm. as friends. And I think to myself, wow, like we've never talked healthier to each other, Aaron. We've never spoke with such respect and care and concern mm-hmm. as we ever have one, now. One thing that you've mentioned to me this morning, though, yeah. that is different that I want to point out is what what's one thing that you have done that's different when you say you talk about more with care and concern, not just for him, but for you? What have you done? I don't know what you're going to say, but uh, mine is actually just... I would say holding boundaries for sure, right? And honoring myself through But when he's up. when he says like you go back like past relationship, even a hard conversation and he says whatever he says yeah. and it's not accurate and you know it's not accurate. I don't just let it go. You don't let it go. I don't. Yeah. No. But does that um, mean that you're coming down on him for it? No, there's a definite different yeah. way that I'm handling life now yeah. than I was as a girlfriend. Just because of, it takes a loss to learn. Yeah. Right? And so when I lost him, I was like, well, I don't know if I'll ever get it back, but for the next one, I can do better yep. in these ways. Yep. I did it with my marriage, everything, right? Yep. And so sometimes you have to lose something to learn something. And so, but yeah, if um, if there's things that are just, you know, being discussed or being done or anything that I'm not 
that's not sitting well. Right. It's not sitting well. Yeah. Then I'm going to say something. Yes, absolutely. Right. Because it's my life now. That's right. And people have proven, no offense to anybody, that they can just pick up and leave. Right. It's every man for himself. Yeah. And every woman for herself. Right. And if that's selfish, I'm sorry, but you have to take care of you, number one, first. Exactly. Right? And that might mean and that you have to I've... surrender yeah. <laughs> that relationship. Um, I have, please don't take this as a victimhood because it's not. Right. But I was married for a lot of years. We had the, the house and the dogs and the everything, yeah. right? And the yeah. jobs. And after his choices, mm -hmm. I lost the house because mm -hmm. we got divorced. I had to sell my house, yeah. right? Because he wants his half. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And I sold my business that I worked so hard for. Yeah. Because mentally I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. And then I think to myself, like, you know, like so much loss. And then my ex-boyfriend too. Like he had to leave too because he had to figure things out and mm -hmm. whatever his choices were mm -hmm. but um just so much loss it doesn't take away from gratitude it doesn't right. take away from friends that are showing up but this is what i'm talking about yeah. and so when you look and you lost everything and then i lost a mom and sister because they said you're you know too partying too much and we just don't want to watch you go downhill and so they stopped talking to me yeah. and still do not. Yeah. And so when I look back and take inventory, I go, whoa, my life was way different four years ago. Yeah. Way different. Yeah. Right. But then I also think like through all of those losses, mm -hmm. if you don't look and you say, did I handle that right? Or what could I do differently? Yeah. So I was a way better girlfriend than I was a wife because of what I learned from losing my ex-husband. Right. So showing up, caring, listening. And even my ex-boyfriend said in some ways that I wasn't hearing him. So guess what? I still have to work on that. Sure. And so now when I talk to him, you know, as a friend and stuff like that, I think, what does he want? And I realized this huge thing. Guys tell stories, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I breeze over them, not because I don't care and not because I'm trying to think of what I'm going to say next. Cause I actually do give shit right, <laughs> really right. a big shit. Yeah. Right. And so I think sometimes people don't feel heard because you breeze over it on accident mm. and you go into the next subject mm -hmm. instead of stopping. Aaron's fabulous at this <laughs> stopping, <laughs> acknowledging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I heard you. Here's my take from what I heard. Am I hearing you right? You know, like yeah. you always do those kinds of things right. and it's just like, oh shit, he was listening. Right. Right. So I tried to take that and I steal it from you. And I do that with men that are important in my life yeah. and I'll continue to take it forward because that right there. Mm -hmm. So if they tell you something super vulnerable, sure, you don't just breathe onto, and then you talked about this diet that you were on. Um, <laughs> tell me about that. No, acknowledge what they just told you like for half an hour, like being vulnerable with right. you, acknowledge it. Yeah. And you don't have to ask therapy questions about how did that make you feel, <laughs> right? If you were actually listening, but that's a huge thing that I started doing. Yeah. I can't speak for everybody, but that's a huge thing that I started doing is just stopping before the next topic mm -hmm. and acknowledging what they just said. I appreciate you sharing that with me. 
um, here's what I heard. Am I hearing you correctly? Yeah. And then they literally stare at you like. She gets it. She gets it. She gets me. And you can just see the safety. Yeah. See the safety. So that's something that I've tweaked recently. Yeah. That's actually building a really connected, cool relationship with an ex-boyfriend. Like, I don't know. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know where it goes from here. Right. Uh, I don't need to. Yeah. But it's, it feels a lot healthier, Aaron, speaking of the throat thing. It feels a lot healthier than having contention yeah. because we're broken up. Right. And that I can live with. If I show up for somebody. Yeah, it, it's right? it's pretty awesome that you can look back, that you can see the growth. Yeah. And at the same time, like, you're also in a position where you can move forward, whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like. And you've been working on the surrender piece. And I think that's so, so cool. Yeah, thank you. And so, like, excuse me. And and I and I just feel super grateful, you know, that that – the listeners have that exposure to you that way too, because I know that we're not the only ones. We're not, you know, um, when, when we talk about, you know, a formulaic process, there's no real formula to this. Right. But, and, and this is what I want to get across. Like Romy, you, you illustrated a great way for us to be able to really look at the other person. Um, and that's what I think is the next if there is a step or a formula to this, it's like if you can be vulnerable enough to bring something up after asking if it's a right good time, right. it's really just to, to show empathy as you express it so they can feel it. And so if someone comes to you and they're like, yeah, I, yeah, we can talk. Sure. It's understanding the context in which they are in. You need to know their operational model, meaning like, Maybe they worked all day long and they're at the dishes and you're putting food away and then you bring that up. Yep. They might have had a hellish day and they're still serving you and you just come to them and you say, hey, I want to talk. And then they're in that service mode and so they're like, sure, we can do that. Being very sensitive to the fact that they are just giving, giving, giving right now and they are hoping that there is going to be something that they receive back. It doesn't mean that they expect it, but that's just part of a relationship. You do that type of stuff for people you love. And so as you start expressing things, just being mindful of that. And women are more mindful in my opinion. They're more sensitive to those types of situations than guys. But it's just, this is something that's helpful for me. It's just like, if you're checking, like, think of like the most important thing that they had to do that day. Did they get it done? And do you know how they feel? Because, (laughs) and this is from a guy thinking of a girl, right? Because if there are things that are undone for a woman, this is my experience only, but if there are things undone for a woman, even if she's putting on the happy face, if she hasn't attended to those things and you're bringing up more stuff that hasn't yet been done, she's going to be more sensitive about that because then she's going to feel less as a woman because she wasn't able to do what she wanted to do. And so that's just an easy, quick way to look at it, guys, is just, you know, the biggest thing she needed to get done that day, did she do it? And then what is she feeling right now? If you can check in on that, then great. And, And so like we talk about timing, this formulaic approach it's not as formulaic as it needs to be. 
but the next piece is the empathy and and that and so how you interact how that looks you illustrated it great it's awesome to be able to acknowledge the other person so they feel understood it's awesome to be able to even repeat back some of the things and then it's awesome to be able to give your opinion or give what you need in that situation and that's and that's part of it but when we have these hard conversations a lot of this like 80% of the work is in the front end it's in the understanding the context. It's understanding the other person. It's in setting the right time and then being able to have it. Because nine times out of ten, if you get the right person, they always, and they always say, like, the best time to talk to a woman is right after she's had an orgasm. Well. <laughs> but, like, if you don't have that experience in time, that opportunity. That's like, the same for us, buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's a lot of chemicals right? that make it safer for a dude to be able to bring that up then. I love those talks after. <laughs> I know. Right? Every woman They're does. Very safe. I know. They're very safe, right? Not that it happens all the time. But anyway. No, I used to have a go-to of the sarcasm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if they would tell me something, like sarcasm. Right. That doesn't make someone feel hurt. No, it and doesn't. And I wasn't this cheesy, either. usually. Okay? And then I realized it's okay to be cheesy. Because people are actually responding to it better. Yeah. And guys, you know, my ex like responding to it better. Right. And so it's not really that cheesy. It's kind of just treating them like human beings, yeah. right? And making them feel important as well. Yeah. And just the dynamic shift that has taken place over what I used to believe with my ex-husband right. about men. Yep. And what I believe now that you guys need in a relationship yeah. is pretty fascinating. Right. And um, I had to laugh about the dishes because I was like, those grudge dishes, right? When you're standing there after work and mm -hmm. you're like doing the dishes and you're like, I swear to God, if he doesn't ask me to help, I swear to God, this is why I eat out all the time and live by myself. <laughs> but <laughs> I was laughing when you were saying that, right? Like, yeah, just it's a real thing. Ask her. Right. Right? Like, did she get what she needed to done today? What can I do to show up for you, right? Yeah. I just remember standing at that sink so many times. <laughs> Ooh, right? I don't ever want to do dishes ever again. <laughs> so we covered a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. And obviously uh, what attracts people to people. But I think the general consensus here is uh, um, checking in with yourself. Yep. And checking in with others. Yeah. Is I that mean, fair? Definitely. I, I just kind of want to wrap it up with, you know, like an example, just to kind of like take what we've talked about and make Please. it more real. Please. So let's take it from the guy's perspective. Yeah. You've done, you've checked in with your body, like initial, let's go through the phases, right? Initial attractions there. You go on initial dates and everything's great. The compatibility's there, sexual, everything's working. And then you get to a point where you're like, it's not about a DTR, but like you want to next level the relationship. Right. You look at that person physically and you need to make that assessment. What matters most physically to you? Do they have those attributes? They don't. Is that a deal breaker? Check in with yourself. Look at your past relationships and see if there's any correlation between when things started to fall off the wagon when you got to that point, same point in prior relationships. Maybe there were things that they didn't have physically that like you needed, but you weren't willing to address and then things blew up and you couldn't necessarily pinpoint why. But anyway, yeah. so make sure you check in with self when you do that. Then you get to the point where you're feeling it. You're like, you're wanting to next level it, but you have to have those hard conversations. 
check in with your body, right? Where's the pain? What's going on? When you bring up a situation, what about that timing? Is it a good time? Make sure that you understand the context of the other person. And like we talked about how to do that. If someone, I mean, I said that I'm going to make a real life example here. As a dude, let's say that, um, here's an example. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I, I don't like picking on things. Um, so let's say that it's a learned behavior. Let's say that like she's a, she's a great conversationalist, but she laughs like a, some, I, I don't know. She laughs like a parrot. I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like a big, it's like a big turnoff. So like, man, she's amazing to look at. She's amazing to talk to but you get her laughing and it's like, I need to leave the room. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with an example. So how do you bring that up? Right? right. So you, we've gone through the point. It's like, you know, it's not you. You know that it's bugging you enough because you're feeling something in your body that you, you knew you need to bring it up. You need to honor yourself. So you go through the steps, not steps, but like you're, you're trying to show empathy. How's she feeling that day? Where has she been? Whatever it is. And, and then you say, Hey, we need to talk. Do you mind if we um, talk tonight? Um, or can I talk to you right now or whatever it is? And she's like, sure, is something wrong? And then you're like, I've just been feeling some things. doesn't mean anything's wrong, but I I do need to talk to you about this. And so then this is where it's hard because she's going to totally take it personally, right? Right. And so. That she laughs like a parrot? Absolutely. (laughs) Well, you're not going to say like you laugh like a parrot. I would know that on the first date, wouldn't I? (laughs) Exactly. But most people don't honor themselves to that point. Yeah. And so that's why it's harder because the longer that you wait, the more difficult it becomes because all the other aspects, the chemistry and everything else is there. And then they feel betrayed because you didn't say something from the beginning or you didn't back out, you know, amicably. I would never let it get that far. But I'm just saying that like a lot of times this is the situation. Okay. So, but laughing is a learned behavior. They can change a laugh or they can like limit the You know what I mean? I'm thinking if somebody laughed like a parrot on our first date. I know. I know. I, like I said, it was a poor it's example. It's not about honoring yourself. It's really about like, <laughs> that's freaking annoying. So I'm not going to do it again. But my, my point right? is, is that, that like yeah. having that, you get to that point and they're like, is there something wrong? It's like, well, it's not about it being wrong, but this is, I need to express something that, that I'm feeling. And so <laughs> I'm going to slaughter this. But if you're talking about, if you're talking about laughs and that, it's just like when we laugh for me, like it just, it feels awkward when, when I, when we're laughing together, yeah. you know, and, and I, like I said, I'm slaughtering this and then you can go express how you feel. It's just, and it's going to be different in that situation. You're going to know more about that person and like what's going to offend them or what, or yeah. what not. Um, but if it's that big of a deal, it's important for you to say. And even a laugh is a learned behavior. And so like, I guess the point that I would make at that point is just really to say something like you're complimenting. They, they always call it like a, a sandwich um, where you give a compliment and then you express what the, um, say issue, but whatever the feeling is, and then you back it up with another compliment. So it's like a sandwich, right? 
So using that, like, then, like, just letting them know where you stand. If it's just like, it's not going to work, like, I'm sorry, that's just kind of a deal breaker for me. Then they're like, oh my gosh, uh, and I hate you, and then, you know. (laughs) Well, but you kind of deserved that because you waited until like the 10th date and it bugged you from date one. I know, I know. But I'm just saying so many of us wait. But usually, it was a poor example is the laugh. But like there's there's other things that pop up. Like my ex-wife, she would chew with her mouth open. And that was, and that was another one. It's like, can I, can I deal with this? Like date 10? It's like, that's something that can change. So what did I do? Here's an example. We're yep. going out to eat. I was going to say, I know. how do you handle this? So as an example that I've used, and it's not always great, but like it just, it causes reflection. It's not about like making it a big deal. Right. And sometimes that's important too. Right. Um, go out to eat and I'm looking around and I'm like, can you hear that person over oh, there? Oh, shit. Man, they chew with their mouth open. That is such a gross thing to me. Holy cow. And then it's all of a sudden, terrible. they're like, Bump. yeah. And they close their mouths more. And often. it worked, huh? And it did. And it worked. So, um, I mean, that's, that is a way. But, like, the point being, if it's bugging you enough that you know that it's not you, yeah. and you've checked in with you, and we said that like sometimes it is us and we need to address that. It may not be the relationship. It might be us that needs to be able to do some work. But if we know it's, it's not us and we know it's something that's important to us based on how we feel, we need to express it. How that comes up, you will never go wrong with empathy. We've talked about a couple of techniques, but I think it's really important for us to understand that every one of us is unique. And a healthy relationship is being able to take feedback, constructive, even negative, and being able to look at it and where are they coming from? Because if you can feel the love of somebody else, if you are in a healthy place, you can choose to not be offended. If they come at you and say, I'm sorry, like I'm six feet tall, you're 5'10", it's just not going to work. Like a dude might be like, oh my gosh, it's like the 10th woman that's told me that. It's, it's not you, it's me. It's like, women. just understand that like you are amazing and use that sandwich model. You are amazing for these reasons. This isn't going to work because of this. But at the same time, like, I know that if you put yourself out there, in fact, I might be able to introduce you to somebody that actually is more, that, that would might potentially But work. literally stop asking tall women out if this keeps happening. Is exactly. that fair? Exactly. But, but my point is that if you are the one giving, if it's coming from a place of empathy, the reaction is more a story about who they are than it is you bringing up that information. Right. Because we don't have to take anything personally. Everybody has their own opinion. Everyone's going to have their own perception. And energetically, like, they're not going to be your person if they're, <laughs> if they're acting that way anyway. Right. So, anyway, I'm, I think I've talked a ton. <laughs> I but told hopefully you. that helps because these hard conversations are hard for ready. a reason. But if you can create the environment, like I said, it's the 80-20 rule. 80% of the work comes in the beginning before you start the conversation. 20% on the back end. You've given us a lot of valuable information. Honestly. Yeah, and don't send dick pics. Huh? And don't send dick pics. Oh, my God. Please. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, let's caveat, right? No dick pics. It's... Not a good look. Okay. No. Literally not. a. Uh, us women do not think dicks are attractive unless we're sitting on it. 
Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you do have a dick, keep it somewhere Snippets. close. Uh, <laughs> right. Five inches is solid play now. Right. Yeah. With most women. Yeah. So the study says 6.3. This was done. Um, that gosh. thing on your graph said five. I'm going to put in the show Straight notes, the link five. to that study. So you guys can see it was done in 2015, Yeah. but it's been, it's been published and referenced all over the media. So guys can breathe easy. Yeah. Right. Walk around. Yeah. With their heads held up. Exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, Aaron got it. Standing Good. straight attention. Okay. <laughs> right. So I'm yeah. just, um, yeah. Everything that we talked about today, we were, we were, we did a lot. We did so, cover a hard lot. Hard conversations, yeah. how to have them. Yeah. Right. If you do have them, your body will be at ease, not with dis-ease. Yeah. Right. And then literally surrendering. Yes. Surrendering. I know we say that word a lot and I don't even give a shit. Surrendering to God, surrendering your life, mm-hmm. right? Um, yesterday, I kind of had an epiphany of the vaccine. I don't really care what anyone's opinion is, but was FDA approved mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. And that's going to change a lot of dynamics for mm-hmm. us as citizens. Yeah. It just will. Yeah. And I don't know about any of you guys. I don't want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down that road. Right. Right. And so... Um, it's just going to change a lot of things for a lot of people Yeah. Uh, with our freedoms. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And so if you care about that kind of stuff and our freedoms, and I thought you got to surrender it, right? A lot of people are going to start having fear over faith. Yeah. And so I thought, should I still try to be a singer? Should I still open my juice company? Because if this world's going to shit, then whatever. Exactly. It's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. It's just going to be a lot of work for nothing. Right. And I had to surrender that idea as well. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to my ex-boyfriend again, right? Mm-hmm. Who, yes, I still love very yeah. much, yeah. right? Um, and surrendering any idea of anything future-wise and just letting things play out. Just letting things play out in life how how they should, right? Authentically, without trying to... Yeah, you're not forcing it, but you're not a bystander either. Exactly. You're, you're active in the decisions. You're, really you're holding neutral. the boundaries, but you are allowing life to happen for you. I love it, right? Yeah. So this was a lot of cool information, yeah. a lot of funny stuff, Yeah. right? So we appreciate you listeners, and hopefully that wasn't too much information, <laughs> breaking up into parts while you're doing the dishes. and. Uh, yeah, and make sure to um, participate in our contest. Yes, Make sure to the do contest. that. Take a snapshot, post it, hashtag Romy Aaron podcast, tag a friend. It'll be awesome. Okay. Anything else? No. All right. All right, guys. Time for lunch. Okay. We'll see you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Romy and Aaron show. Make sure and follow us on Spotify or Apple to get the latest episodes. You can also follow me on Facebook at Romy Estes Meston. And you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron Says. So until the next episode, be kind and use your wise mind. And and save a horse, ride a unicorn. unicorn.